The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast. You won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Yeah. yeah, it's not the cheesiest one. I mean, obviously that Moonraker that, that goes to Moonraker. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> with like a laser space fight. I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> I didn't see Moonraker until I had seen a number of other Bond films that, yeah. like, I didn't see it in order or anything. And then it, I think it came on TV, and I watched Moonraker and went, "What the actual fuck is happening I in this know. movie? It's so fucking bonkers." You know, Jaws falls in love with a little like pigtailed machin that's that's like 90 pounds i'm like oh my god <laughs> everybody needs love everybody does and need uh love. speaking of love something we are talking about today on smack my pitch up is a love of both groots and i groots is the guest on this episode um we are talking about james bond absolutely man i'm happy to be on it's it i've always loved james bond movies my brothers and i were raised on them they were like just the fun, you know, like spy adventure movies from our youth. Before we get into anything else, I am going to mention it was such a nice day today. We decided to record outside. So if you hear birds chirping or cars going by, it's it's actually a pretty quiet block, so it shouldn't be too bad. But, you know, if, if you hear any kind of extra noises, that's what it is. And there's only so much you can do with that in post. But you know what? It is way too nice to be in a little room recording. And, Damn straight. Uh, yeah. And also my puppies uh, would would probably just create a, a ruckus that uh, they they are way too much your hype man. They <laughs> really are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very excitable. The hype man is not supposed to interrupt the person. You know, <laughs> just build upon. Damn right. Yeah. So yeah, James Bond. Uh, this is perfect. James Bond is perfect for this show because it's been rebooted or reimagined so many times already in its own right that there's there's nothing that we could really do to it that would uh, kind of we'd be accused of not understanding the tone of James Bond. It, tonally, it's gone through a bunch of different iterations. Oh, yeah, it would totally hold up. Um, I mean, it's been through so many changes, some that I've liked more than others, obviously, but um, it's a it's an ongoing like franchise of adoration at this point. Absolutely. It's, it's such a just huge franchise. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see it go all over the place. I know Idris Elba for a while was rumored to be the next Bond and that would be just fucking fine you know Idris is one of those actors that he can be pitched as the person in a role for just about anything and I would be on board because it's Idris fucking Elba he just he's got so much charisma and so much acting chops oh yeah he, he could pull off whatever he can play the like really intense scientist guy or the like badass that you don't want to cross right he can even be good in like a really bad adaptation of a Sting, Stephen King book you know this is true. Yeah, this is very true. <laughs> so for those unfamiliar with how this works, Smack My Pitch Up is a new podcast on the Geeks Under the Influence Network where we pitch ideas for sequels or reboots, reimaginings, uh, stuff like that. And uh, we ask our listeners to come up with ideas for stuff t- to pitch or to come up with mashups. And, uh, and we just kind of come up with our own ideas and come up with what we would like to see out of a property that we are big fans of or, you know think deserves a reboot because it's done wrong or that yeah yeah so like <laughs> i'm sure there will be a ninja turtles episode of this one at some point it, you know <laughs> like, yeah definitely basically the opposite of what my michael bay did on every level true yeah. and, and i would also kind of fall into that camp you know in the bond universe because i've never enjoyed the new iteration of bond uh i just a blonde buff blue-eyed it just doesn't work for me it's too serious and I know they, they delved into Sirius with um, Timothy Dalton's Bond for two movies, but I just don't dig it. Daniel Craig, he's not James Bond for me. And I only agree to a certain degree on that, that I definitely appreciate the earlier Bonds more, that it's supposed to be campy fun and ridiculous and weird henchmen and villains that are just 
so bizarre and have the best names ever. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and when you take it too seriously, it's almost like that uh, night, night, uh, not Night of the Living Dead, a Nightmare on Elm Street remake where you took something campy and fun and you tried to make it too seriously and it took all the real whimsy away, all the all the reason it was good in the right. first place. But I will say I thoroughly enjoyed Skyfall. A, a lot of people, a lot of naysayers on the Daniel Craig Bond really enjoyed Skyfall as well. It, it was just a really well put together film and it delved into... Bond's past a little bit, which I really enjoyed. Also, and, and I'll I'll say that I haven't seen that one. Um, Casino Royale, uh, I watched, and I was like, uh, I'm not really feeling it. So I'm not up to date on the Bond movies, you know, that've been coming out. One day I will get into them, but yeah, it's just not my thing. Yeah, but not today. Today we are going to come up with our own Bond movie, and uh, the way this works, as you as the guest, uh, first. I want you to kind of pitch your general idea for a story for for a Bond film. What we what we'd like to see as far as what is Bond up to nowadays? What's what's he doing in our iteration of Bond? Well, my idea, the one that I will be uh, pitching later as a trailer, is kind of I would say like the perfect mashup in the sense that James Bond. How many Bonds have there been? Six now? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Six Bonds, different actors throughout the decades. When I really thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Bond himself is probably a Time Lord. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Okay? Okay. He is specifically been recruited by MI6 and is loyal to MI6. He's not trying to save the whole fucking world or universe. But, you know, he's doing the Queen's, you know, business. Yeah. And uh, it it's a perfect explanation as to why it's been a bunch of different guys playing it. Yeah. Throughout the years. It's like the different iterations the of- The different uh, iterations and, you know, how some plot lines get brought back up about getting married and wife dying, like, over different, you know, movies over a freaking 50-year span. But he's still doing the job. He's still loyal. He's still doing the job. So that's kind of my, the gist. And that's a nice little mashup too. That's, it is, that's, it is that's a mashup, yeah. but it also, it makes sense. Now, now whether or not he's specifically a Time Lord, but, you, you know, can take notes from that and kind time of incorporate. Time travel. Yeah. And, you know, being basically like, last time you guys did Quantum Leap, of course, and you were talking about Samuel Beckett, you know. It, not the same, but I mean, it's something similar. It's like, it's, it's a guy who fills a role, um, who keeps going through the years, but still has the same memory and same life experiences. So it's not, it's not that it's a different guy becoming James Bond as 007. It's reincarnations of the same guy in a sense. Okay. All right. Cause that, that's one of the long running theories with James Bond is that 007 and the name James Bond itself is a moniker. That's adopted by different people over the years. Right. And that's been kind of like the explain away the different actors and the different times and places that Bond takes place in these movies. Right. But it's never, I don't think it's ever actually said to be the case in the movies at all. They they pretty much ignore the previous incarnations. Right. Because they're not trying to go any more sci-fi than they did with Moonraker. Yeah, fair enough. Well, and <laughs> probably because of Moonraker. <laughs> they're right. just shying away from that completely. So, um, so you're saying more of kind of like a a delve into the past of Bond, and maybe do some. They're doing a lot of stuff with CGI where you can like re uh, re euthanize um, uh, re youth eyes. I <laughs> say right. uh, older actors. You could even bring back other Bond Bonds from previous incarnations to yeah. take cameos and exactly and, and or flashbacks stuff like that. Have a super team, maybe. That, who knows? Who knows? That would be okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, my pitch is a little bit more of that classic, like henchman and villain kind of approach, but taking kind of a modern, uh, modern feel to All it. Right. So right. uh, basically, the way I'm looking at it is uh, there is a senator that's on environmental commissions and stuff in the United States that okay. starts uh, adding a additive to water in 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 the United States as a uh, as a means to better purify the water, prevent disease and stuff like that, but 
its actual response is to slowly increase the uh, the aggression of the people that take it in regularly. So it's so minimal that you don't actually notice it oh. until there's a, a buildup within your system. It's like a nefarious fluoride conspiracy. Almost. Yeah. And that's definitely <laughs> the thought is that it's a, uh, you know, th- that it's definitely a playoff of uh, Dr. Strangelove. Yeah. Now you incorporate that with uh, the whole gun debate conversation here where the whole thought process is that this Senator is in collusion with a mass gun manufacturer that if the aggression and uh, paranoia levels of the entire populace increase, gun and weapon sales increase. And this is a big Texas senator within the state that this weapons manufacturer is based. So he's basically doing it as like Uber uh, Uber bought by this weapons so, manufacturer. So this, this politician isn't Obama because gun sales went through the roof during his eight years. In, <laughs> well, we'll, in we'll office. get into the casting, but I think, <laughs> I, I think my actual casting for the, for the Senator will give you an idea of the kind of attitude the Senator is going to have. But the basic gist is that they are initially going after the weapons manufacturer at first, thinking that there's something wrong, you know, that, that MI6 is coming in because it's causing threats outside of the United States with, uh, Americans that go berserk when they're visiting or, you know, there's there's several things that happen where they got to investigate what the actual fuck is going on. Um, And then they're going after the manufacturer only to find out that it's actually a senator that is basically poisoning (laughs) like the United States to create mass aggression. Lots of opportunity for gunfights and just randos that end up going off and having to be dealt with. Okay, so. Um, that's kind of my approach. And then, you know, MI6 is also in the United States unofficially and has to do this whole, like, cloak and dagger thing with the U.S. government and their secret service as well. Okay. So, so some car chases and stuff as well. And it being a senator, there's question on whether or not this is an assassination issue or, you know, it, it goes into a okay. whole um, international issue. Okay. If, well, let me, let me round out mine a little bit. Okay. Um, I didn't know how much I, I wanted to get into it right off the bat, but... All right, so the premise is that, uh, you know, James Bond, it comes out that, you know, he is actually sort of a time-traveling dude, okay, in the sense that he keeps uh, coming new per- new personalities of himself. Now, that would kind of explain over the years why we've seen so many different faces of Bond. I just want to say all of our Whovian listeners are, have just erections right now. Yeah, like, oh yeah, definitely. Men and women, just all erect. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, of course, that's a big British property, so it makes sense. Perfect crossover. You know, sure. I mean, the franchise could split off into 50 more movies. Yes, absolutely. No problem. <laughs> you know, TV series, Netflix, anybody, you know. But what ends up happening in the very near future is that an experiment at the particle accelerator at CERN Ooh, goes awry. Okay, okay. And it opens up, it opens up a temporal rift and six figures from the past walk through. Oh God. Okay. Who is it? And it's no other than Jaws, Baron Samedi, Nick Knack, Odd Job, Mayday, and Xenia on a top. Six of my favorite uh, Bond villains walk through they're looking at all at each other in this room where this portal opened and they all know without even having to speak what they need to do and they need to hunt down <laughs> James it. Bond. I don't think you're taking this podcast seriously. Sir. I am taking it so seriously, man. <laughs> This is some serious shit right here. This is like the biggest James Bond circle jerk that you've created where it's just all these villains show up and are just like in a circle. And it's like a bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. The whole idea. And I'll be honest, like my buddy Alex Doris and I were texting earlier today because he saw the premise, you know, posted of, of this episode. And he was like, damn, man, I didn't know there was a new podcast. This is cool as shit. And he started throwing ideas at me. We started like, bang, you know, banging ideas off each other. And it was like. All right. All right. What about uh, time travel? He was like, you know, what about like a instead of like a straight villain? What if it's just a bunch of henchmen trying to get back at Bond? And I was like, oh, that's so good. So the henchmen step up and just basically form a cabal exactly. to go after Bond. A camaraderie of henchmen. There's no specific 
world domination plot going on, but it's more like uh, like License to Kill, where that movie wasn't so much a you know it was like oh these are drug dealers. It's not a it's not that you know there's no like end of the world sort of scenario. Sure, and they killed you know his buddy Felix Leiter, and it's a revenge story. And so it's like Bond versus these these bad guys. So I'm kind of thinking that on the same vein is that it's these six amazing fucking henchmen that are back, you know, with a giant with like fucking metal teeth and knickknack the the midget from fucking Fantasy Island. Nice. <laughs> you know, and like all these guys and fucking Grace Jones, you know, and they're back. Okay. To f- to fuck up James Bond fuck and, yes. and okay. just kill the guy that bested them. You know, I was giving you shit earlier, but honestly, like that whole idea yeah. is kind of the embodiment of what this podcast is all about. It's just like nerd fanning the hell out over a property and just going just full bore with it. Tell so. me you wouldn't fucking watch that movie with your dick in your hand. Oh, absolutely. Like I might, you know, rent out a theater just for myself. So that yeah, we could right? just like that would be cascade the greatest thing the, ever. You yeah. Know? Uh, oh, man. Okay. All right. So, yeah. All right. So, the next step is to cast these bad boys. Mm. We'll do each character at a time. So, sure. we're, we're doing a funny idea and then who we'd actually like to see as, uh, as, the, as the character. So, for, of course, James Bond to start, 007. He's been so many other actors previously, but the funny actor that I'd like to see because I think it would take... Something that we talked about on Quantum Leap, some of my favorite action stars have been ones that they succeed accidentally. You've got like Indiana Jones where he'll fuck up, but it actually works in his favor where there's like almost like Domino from the X-Men where he's just lucky. And yeah. uh, and a lot of the early Bonds also have kind of that element where they're debonair, but they sometimes just fall into doing it right. Okay. So I think somebody that would be able to pull that off, um, but just a little bit sillier is uh, Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. He, he's a little bit more approachable, kind of like next door neighbor, friendly guy, but then maybe trying to pick up the moniker of 007 and is just kind of awkward with it. So he's trying to be debonair. Okay. But it comes off as like charming in that like you're goofy kind of way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Th- so that's my uh my my joke one. The my serious one, and this has been bandied around before. Um, Daniel Craig took up the moniker and I, I was sold on this as somebody of we course, might be on the same page on this um idris of course um i i just said that as a side note because that's been talked about so heavily i'm i'm on board with that yeah. i would be totally okay with idris elba but clive fucking owen is bond i mean i could see him absolutely all day long as james bond that is also my serious pick <laughs> okay <laughs> clive owen all day every day i mean he he's been fantastic in so many things he's a He's a solid actor, but he can also do funny. He could also do uh, action. Uh, and he's also a lit, just a, just goofy looking enough. Like Bond, as debonair as he is, isn't, aside from maybe Connery, we're not necessarily just these like chiseled, like. No, the only one that's been a beefcake really is Daniel fucking Craig. Yeah. And, you know, so they're all just kind of like, they can be suave, they can be sexy, but. They're, you know, they're British men. I mean, I don't, I don't I'm not, I'm not into dudes, so I, I you know, I, I can't really judge that. But well. like Clive Owen isn't an unattractive man. He's definitely an attractive man. But he's got a, you know, he's got a nose on him. He could, <laughs> he could look good in a fucking tux. Yeah, absolutely. You could, you could believe him fucking like seducing a woman, um, and kicking an ass. And well, if you've, if anybody's seen shoot him up, uh, he can, he can do over the top action. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, he was in this smaller film called The Croupier. Um, years ago where he, he basically played like a, you know, like a dealer at a blackjack table sort of thing. And that he did it right. You know I mean? You could see him in a, in a casino playing craps. Or not worrying about what fork goes for what course kind of thing. Like you would believe that he would know that. And his turn as, as like the driver in those higher short films. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can fucking drive a car. He now, can... mention that. A lot of our listeners may not be familiar with the, the Driver series. It was what, BMW, I think? It was, it was a promotional uh, thing from BMW where they had famous directors like Ang Lee and John Frankenheimer and, and uh, Guy Ritchie and a bunch of others uh, direct short films. That, you know, they're like 10 minutes long where he's basically this courier sort of driver 
and uh, you know he's picking up uh, you know a person and, and has a little adventure sort of thing. They're fucking fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. If you have Real a chance, fun. if you have a chance to watch them, most of them are. I think they're all on YouTube, but check them out. I think there's like eight or ten of them, and they're outstanding. I remember one night I came over and we watched most of them. I think in a row, yeah. and they're they're all great. They really are. Uh, and, some better than others, but overall, just really good time. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, who's your funny choice for 007? Uh, Simon Pegg. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I tried a lot of the, of course, James Bond is British and- You, you know, gotta have a British actor to play- Gotta have a British yeah. actor. And Simon Pegg has such the ability to, to be comedic, but he can also have the dry humor. And we've actually seen him, like, be a love interest before- um, so I think he could pull it off in a sense, you know, I mean, I could see him in a tux. It'd be a little weird, but you know, that's, he would definitely have, uh, a longer path to bond than others. I think he would. But... Yeah. He's pretty much on the other end of the spectrum from, from Daniel Craig, as far as physicality and, you know, genetics, but, <laughs> but you know that if somebody came up to him and asked him if he wants to be James Bond, he'd be like, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, Are you? Do you want me to be James I'll Bond? I'll do it in a second. So yeah. if we're talking about a, a, a silly James Bond you know, iteration, he'd be my pick. Okay. And I would go see that. I would. I would be definitely a little hesitant, oh, yeah, <laughs> of yeah, course, yeah. not for any lack of love for Simon Pegg. I love Simon Pegg. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, that would be an interesting, uh, and if you're doing your plot mm-hmm. with Simon Pegg as James Bond, the, the goofiness level of that movie would be so oh yeah just so high end all right so uh who do you have next on your list for so uh the next thing i had m okay who's james bond's boss you know the leader of the mi6 who up until we we checked beforehand it was uh what goldeneye that that judy dench judy dench took over in 95 for goldeneye and then she died in one of the daniel craig ones that was uh in i think it was skyfall actually that, that she died in so, I don't know who took over after her. I forget the actor that took over. It went back to a dude uh, after yeah. that because it was played by a gentleman before Judy Dench took. But she was good. I enjoyed yeah, her in Golden. Great. I enjoyed her in the Pierce Brosnan ones. Yep, those yeah. those movies. Oh, oh yeah, they, they they definitely got some cheese factor on them. Oh, for sure. I did like Goldeneye, legitimately though. So, uh, who do you have for M for your funny? Uh, my funny M is going to be Rowan Atkinson. Wow. Mr. Motherfucking yeah, Bean. You're just going for full zany at this point. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. He, he'd be fucking fantastic. He's got some years on him, so he's he's a little bit older. Um, but he's such a fucking funny actor in so many ways. He can play it straight. And if he kind of played it in that Black Adder sort of way, where he's kind of snarky and, and authoritarian, I think it would be funny as shit. Okay. Mine is, uh, it's... Not just the actor, but the direction that you take the character that this actor doing it would be funny for me is uh, another British actor from the Whoiverse, actually, is uh, Chris Eccleston. Okay. Um, Which you could definitely see in the role. I can see that. But it's more taking his ability to be just like dickhead angry guy Mm -hmm. and just push it to (laughs) 11, where he goes more in that like old 80s cop show uh you're yelling at the detective kind of approach just like god damn it 007 you know oh, yeah. he did he, it again where he, he, just, he can bring the anger yeah where he, it's just that's <laughs> like he does not like bond you know and just put it where he's just like i fucking hate you but you get the job done but kind you're of, the uh, best but you're god the best damn it. yeah exactly <laughs> and just have him play it as just as like i'm so fucking pissed that i can't fire you you know nice. and just kind of go that approach um, so uh my serious entry for m was ray fines Okay. Okay. Who I think can totally, I mean, obviously he's a huge dramatic actor, but he can bring that sort of, you know, sort of aristocratic, um, authoritarian uh, sensibility to it where you just believe that, yeah, he's running shit. Yeah. I kind of went with that kind of mentality as well when I was picking and uh, just, I think, won an Oscar. Yeah, won an Oscar. I think oldest actor to win an Oscar for, what is it, All the Money in the World, I think was the movie. Uh, Christopher Plummer. Oh yeah, I think he would. He, oh yeah, he would kill it. He's as, outstanding. Yeah, he yeah. would kill it as M, and he would be more that not rushing his language, speaking very sure. directly, not not mincing words at all, and it's like, no, this is the way we do things around here, and not really feeling the need to raise his voice at any point to prove his point. I think Christopher Plummer would knock it out of the park. Yeah, doing it that way. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Um, so let's see, uh, Q. Q, yeah. You want to do silly first? Let's do silly. I've got, I've got some good silly. All right, uh, so for Q, 
I I wanted to go, uh, you know, multiracial, but still with a British accent. Uh, Riz Ahmed, uh, who was in Rogue One. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. he's he's uh, a rapper too. Yeah, he's he? a rapper. Yeah, yeah, and he's just kind of like a a funny, like sort of interesting dude. Um, I think he would be fucking fantastic as Q, as like a young Q that's just like, you know, he's he's Indian, like packy background i think but he's definitely raised in britain sort of deal okay i think um could be wrong but i i think it would be great yeah you know just as like kind of like the you know because q's supposed to be kind of like a nerdy nerdy inventor of shit you know and um i think you do a good job oh yeah so that's your your funny that's my funny okay my funny is uh a note from uh Johnny Mnemonic. I I decided to choose an American actor for this okay. role as a uh, a guy that's uh, just the nerdy scientist type that's okay. good at gizmos, um, and I just ripped it directly from Johnny Mnemonic and chose Henry Rollins uh, to to play uh, <laughs> to play Q. <laughs> that's awesome. Just seeing him in this like very hoity-toity British like MI six kind of situation, and him just like tatted the fuck out and just giant taking these little things that fit in a watch with his beefy hands trying to like show bond how these things work i would love to see him do a british accent (laughs) (laughs) that shit would fucking make me die oh so hard that'd be so good and it would be so bad it would be so bad i cannot imagine he does a good british accent oh my god but to watch him try no that would that would be perfect addition to it to a cheesy bond (laughs) flick so what's your uh, what's your serious? Uh, my serious is Hugh Laurie. Oh yeah, also from uh, you know Blackadder fame and of course House and all that. Yeah, but he has that comedic sensibility which Q always did in the movies. Mm-hmm. But he's still like he's still like serious enough that that he can pull the deadpan off about like don't touch that Bond. You know you're being. S- don't play with these toys. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. aren't toys, Bond. <laughs> yeah, know? I think. Yeah, he would. He would nail it. I, he'd be great. I uh, again chose an American actor, but um, I think tonally would be an interesting take on it. Also, changed the sex of. Uh, I, I had a male M, so I decided to go with a female Q, and I chose Anna Kendrick. Oh, to be Q. So. Oh. She yeah. she can do the like the awkward nerdy kind of thing pretty well, but yeah. also she can she can do the like uh, you don't know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. You leave this to me kind of approach. I suppose I, she's always bothered me. I'm not a fan. Oh. That's just me though. Oh, that is just you. What was I that think... movie she was in where where uh... where she was amazing? Every movie she's been no, in. No, 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 no. Uh, the movie with um, Sam Rockwell where he's a hitman. Oh. Uh... It was called like Hit Me or something like that. I, I forget. I yeah, can't remember. that was fun. That was that, a fun movie. It was fun, but it was so predictable, and she was just insufferable in that movie. I thought I couldn't stand it, but you know, you know yeah, I definitely am going to agree to disagree on that not, one. Not with a you. bad choice. I'm, you know, I'm not going to shit on your decision here. Don't shit on my Anna Kendrick. Also, um, from now on, I always choose Jay Baruchel. Of course, he'd be a great choice for Q as well. But um, just for anybody familiar with the running joke of Jay Baruchel from Geeks Under the Influence. I will not be necessarily casting him in unless I genuinely believe he's the best choice. <laughs> but this would be the the Jay Baruchel role. So there's always going to be the role that I call the Jay Baruchel role. So that's that's Q, of course, and okay. this would be Jay right, Baruchel. So. Right. Now, that's the main ones. Now, I'm sure there's going to be a villain. So I, I I listed here as Blofeld as a villain, and then I did Felix Leiter, who was the recurring like CIA-like you know, sort of dude that helped out Bond when okay. he came over to the Americas. Those are my two below that. Okay. What you got? Um, well, I've got like my my main villains. Okay. Um, and then then I've got a minion or the the henchman oh, as well henchman. Is, gotcha. is what I've gotcha. got for okay. mine. So, um, for the funny side, I thought if you went like just badass in his own right, like will fuck you up, but also really smart, uh, Peter Dinklage. For the villain? For the villain, the main villain. Like, okay. The, the, the like, smart guy, but also, you know. Is that the funny one? The funny one, yes. Yeah, yeah that's the funny one. Because um, midgets are funny. Well, no, and also, like, I think, not just taking it as, like, you know, if you have a, a little person <laughs> or, like, a, a, a like, waifish-looking person, they're always the smart one. So right. you kind of go that route, but then when Bond actually comes to comes 
up for the final fight, he gets fucked up a little bit by Peter Dinklage, which would be a good time. Which would be hilarious. And yeah. just as a side note, earlier today, I, I for whatever reason, I was watching like midget MMA videos <laughs> on YouTube. What the fuck, dude? Just because, I mean. Because your life is weird. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, some of those dudes are fucking hardcore, man. Like, yeah. I could see getting beat up by like a four foot five dude who's like cut as fuck and like knows Brazilian jujitsu. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's legit. For the for the serious side, um, I, I went with the whole like president uh, and the CEO of the arms company, or, or not the president, the uh, senator. Senator Cooper would be played a uh, Texas senator uh, who fucks around with the arms dealers, uh, Dave Keckner. Okay. No. So I he's got it. that very big personality, kind of verbose, um, and yeah. and just but also has like a dark side. As as we saw in Cheap Thrills. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And where he 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 looks uh, he looks very at home in a in a cowboy hat. Yeah, a la Anchorman. Yes, and, absolutely. Yeah, he's got he can he can do the Southern drawl. Yep. Yeah. And uh, as far as the arms person, I kind of borderline on on uh, henchman, but somebody that can look like good in a suit, but can fuck shit up. Right. Army Hammer. Okay. No, I dig it. So younger, um, but still able to like you know hold his own and and uh and be his own bad guy right 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 so i dig it i dig it um do you have any henchmen oh yeah i definitely do i definitely do um you want to take a brief break sure yeah let's let's take a break um we can hear about trivia and stuff happening around town uh when we come back we'll continue with our uh our list of ideas for uh for casting i got some henchmen coming up cool hey geeks do you love trivia do you love Geeks Under the Influence? Well, you can get both by coming out to Geeks Under the Influence Trivia every first and third Monday at Fallout, 117 North 18th Street, and every second and fourth Tuesday at Wonderland, 1727 East Main Street. It's the same goofy, shit-talking uh, fun that you enjoy from Geeks Under the Influence in trivia form. So it's a way for you to get your drink on, learn a few things, and hang out with Geeks Under the Influence. So join us every first and third Monday at Fallout, and every second and fourth Tuesday at Wonderland. Links are on the homepage at GUIPodcast.com. Definitely check out those trivia nights in Richmond, but for now we're back to our episode of Smack My Pitch Up all about James Bond and our ideas for how to continue on this long-standing series. It's been like over 40 years of Bond oh, yeah. at this point. Since the uh, early 60s. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting close to 50 at this point. So uh, there's a lot of different people that have played different characters, including Bond. But uh, when we last left, you were going to talk about villains. Yes. Right? Okay. So uh, the iconic villain, Blofeld, who was in multiple Bond flicks, including one of the Daniel Craig ones, is probably, I, I don't know, the most iconic villain of the series. Sure. And uh, so my casting choices for him as a sort of silly, unconventional one would be Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Fuck, okay. A la uh, fucking uh, Alien 3. Wasn't Blofeld bald? Like I said, okay. a, la, a la Alien okay. 3. Okay, right. Where she had the bald dome. Oh, Jesus. Um, I mean, she's a, like a legit actress that can do like... That can do evil just fine. That's true. Yeah. yeah so, true. you know, I think that would be an awesome Blofeld. Uh, for my serious Blofeld, I got to go with Patrick Stewart. Ooh. Okay. He would own, own like a current day fucking Blofeld. I could actually see him doing Blofeld. And I know yeah. like Christoph Waltz did him recently in the, in the newer ones, but Patrick Stewart is such a fucking badass. I mean, and he can do bad. He can do anything. Like, mm-hmm. the man is just an an amazing actor. So, like, he would be my go-to for, like, the modern-day Blofeld. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what you got left? You got, uh, you got, you got henchmen, right? Henchmen, yeah. I got, I got a henchman idea here. Um, All right. So... I, I kind of only half half. I'm only half cocked on this henchman idea here. That's fine. Um, uh, the henchman's name I'm making up one <laughs> is uh, Slicey. Slicey, <laughs> <laughs> or it's more of a nickname. And I was thinking more of like uh, Chris O'Dowd being like Slicey, seriously, and just moving on. I, I basically swords for hands. 
Okay, so it's like Puppet Master comes to life? Yeah, kind of, a little bit. <laughs> but I thought it would be funny is if uh, Ryan Reynolds played Slicey, and then you could totally make X-Men Origins Wolverine jokes about him as Weapon 11 with the sword hands like Baraka. Sure, sure. Um, so he doesn't need to have a mouth is what you're saying. Not, well, no, I mean, <laughs> maybe some offhand like Deadpool-style joke about at least I can talk in this one or something and then just move on. <laughs> uh, for that character, for Slicey, I'm still going with that for my serious one Ooh, as well. Okay, but somebody and this is kind of a cop out, but I think it's the right choice. Even though he has been a villain in the, like an action kind of movie before, it was a villain from Charlie's Angel, uh, Crispin Glover. Oh yeah, with swords for hands. Oh um, dude, would be so much fun as a villain in in a Bond movie. I think I think he he looks like a Bond villain. In, uh, he really does, yeah. and he is a super weird motherfucker. Yes. And I'm still trying to, like, he's made movies that have never been released, and I'm trying to find them, because they're so fucking bizarre. Like, I want to say, like, David Lynch produced one of his movies. I am not surprised by that. And I'm just, like, I'm totally on it. I'm like, oh, my God, I, got, I need to see this shit. Like, it doesn't even need to be slicey. It doesn't need to have sword for hands. I just want Crispin Glover in a Bond movie as a villain. Like, that's yeah. ultimately... No, no. Those Charlie James movies were okay for what they were, but they weren't really necessarily my my thing. But Crispin Glover as a villain that like kicked ass and took names, yeah, I was down. Oh no, that's solid. He he can play Psycho like so effortlessly, you know, because yeah. it just comes to him. So that's more as as the actor, and then you you can fill in the blanks in what he does right. later. You know, maybe a, a mixture. Maybe he can have a, a a metal jaw and a hat that you can throw uh, that has like razor blades oh, yeah. on the, the rim things. and, and all can, the things. He can choke people out with his thighs. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so for my last uh, entry for casting, um, I was casting the character of Felix Leiter, who was the American CIA agent like in a bunch of Bond flicks. Um, and, um, you know, it's kind of a recurring character, you know, allowed it to bridge the, uh, the ocean to the, to the States. Sure. Et cetera. So, uh, my, my, my silly offering, my, my comedic offering would be Nick Offerman because <laughs> he's so dry and so perfect. Um, and actually he, he played a role as like a federal agent in that like all Spanish movie with Will Ferrell. Oh, Casa de Mi Padre. Yeah. I am actually impressed with myself that I knew off the hand. Well, the thank you that for movie. that. Cause yeah. I totally forgot that title. Yeah. Yeah. But he's fucking hilarious in everything that he does. And he would just be perfect for the comedic role of Felix Leiter. Um, my serious one. It is a British actor, but but he plays American actors or non-British actors enough that it would be fine. And I'm going to butcher his fucking name, but Chiwetel Ejiofor. Chiwetel Ejiofor, yeah. Chiwetel Ejiofor. I actually considered him for the villain as well. He, um, he's an incredible actor. He's incredible, and uh, he I I think he could do he could do a uh, you know a fucking you know CIA like operative no problem. But he brings so much to every role he ever did. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, like, one of his smaller movies that a lot of people didn't see that I really enjoyed was a David Mamet movie called Red Belt. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I mean, he's just good in everything. But, you know, he, he was a great villain in fucking Serenity. Absolutely. Goddamn. And one thing I like about him as well is in action sequences, uh, not all actors do this. And I, I maybe it's just a, a modern take on fight choreography, but you really feel force behind his punches when he's throwing punches on screen a lot of the time with let's say seagal it's like are you like butterfly kissing them their faces with your hands because it doesn't seem well, to have yeah. any force behind it but chewetel when he when he punches on screen it looks like there's some real motivation behind it well uh you know in a sense i guess that shit's legit because he actually fucking trained in brazilian brazilian jiu-jitsu well that for, that explains for it, red belt which is probably my favorite dramatic martial arts movie of all time Okay. It's outstanding. It's Mammoth. It's Mammoth. <laughs> so. uh, you wouldn't expect it, but actually David Mammoth is a huge Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. You know, he's a playwright. He's a, you know, he's kind of an indie director, writer, director sort of guy, but mm -hmm. you wouldn't you wouldn't think like, okay, this guy's going to be a martial arts badass, but mm -hmm. no, he uh, he loved the sport and he directed a movie revolving around the sport and that's what red belt was all about it was fucking amazing okay so 
those are the uh, casting choices that we have here. Now, yes. uh, one thing that we normally do here is uh, mashups, and we didn't get a lot of response. We, we came up last minute with this idea, so we didn't have a lot of time to to uh, talk with our, our fans about uh, ideas. But uh, you're, you mentioned Doctor Who as a mashup. Right. So the notion that Bond, instead of being just a, just a MI6 operative that is being replaced by different actual people the notion that he's actually a fucking time traveler you know hired you know and recruited by mi6 to protect the crown and their interests and he just keeps reincarnating as different people is the fucking greatest money maker of all time. I, mean, I like the first two episodes of this podcast has been so dick hard for time travel. Like, <laughs> like fucking. You know, it, 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 it didn't occur to me until, again, I got to reference my buddy that I've known since the fucking third grade. Alex Connie Doris lives up in New York. You know, I love the man. But, you know, we started like bouncing ideas off each other. You know, and he was like, well, what about all these henchmen coming in? And I was like, well, what about, what if he's a time lord? You know, some shit. Yeah. And we just had a great little text, you know, conversation earlier today. So I on think that, this, yeah. Ooh, ooh, mashup, mashup idea. Yeah. With all these henchmen coming from different eras coming yeah. in, you get Jean-Claude fucking Van Damme as time cop to show up to try to help James Bond uh, round him back up. Ooh. <laughs> okay, no, I'm down. Down for that? I'm down for that fucking movie. <laughs> oh man, right there. That's uh, that sign sealed delivered. There we go. That's that's, that's the that's the real. God damn! I don't even know how I'm going to pitch this later in the episode, <laughs> but it's going to be good. Okay, all that's right. all I'm saying. So with my mashup, uh, come, kind of in line with my my thought of the storyline with the arms yeah. dealer and the senator and everything. There's going to be some American. Uh, stuff happening there that James Bond is part of and no better way to incorporate that than take a property that's been just completely squandered on the movie level that used to be a kid's cartoon in the 1980s we mash up G.I. fucking Joe with James Bond and uh, you you get basically like the elite force of G.I. Joe all the main you got shipwreck you got you got all the all the main dudes uh, that are basically kind of this elite task force from the U.S. military trying to take out Bond. But then as they find out what the actual plot is, they kind of – a couple of them turn to the side of Bond and they fight side by side. Oh, I was totally thinking something opposite from what you were talking about. I was thinking like Bond wasn't going to have to go up against fucking Cobra Commander and Destro and shit. Oh, shit. And you know, like that's the real, the real, uh, the real uh, power <laughs> behind the man is uh, his Cobra Commander, right? Oh, dude, that's that could be worked into. Would De- I guess Destro would be like the main henchman? Yeah, I mean, he looks straight up like a Bond henchman, so that right. would, that would work. F- yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's just crazy. All right, well, that's that's going to be part of my actual pitch: the Destro as the henchman, yeah, and uh, Cobra Commander pulling the strings behind the senator. And uh... there you go. Okay, all that's right. fucking hot. That is hot. I, w- I I I will offer this as a mashup sort of notion, and I'm not going to follow it up with anything because it did not come from me. It came from my buddy Alex while we were fucking like talking about this shit earlier. But he was like, "What if James Bond was mashed up with Wizard of Oz?" What? What? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know where he was going with that in his brain, but uh, maybe in, you know, after this episode posts, uh, he will like comment on that shit, you know, flesh it out a little bit. But when he said that shit, I was like, what the fuck? I don't even know where it would go. You know? Yeah. W- I mean, would the villain be the fucking wizard? You know? Like, uh, yeah. I have no idea. But you know? so for your version of a bond film what would yeah. be the title like there's you know 007 or james bond and then the the subtitle to it well i you know i worked i worked a little bit on this because i was trying to think of a good title that wouldn't be too cheesy and and let out too much of the concept of having a bunch of bond henchmen coming back to to come back so i came up with rivals redress okay which, you know, sounds good, um, and it kind of lets you know what's going on, yeah. but it's not like, you know, it, it feels like it could be a Bond title, Rivals okay. Redress. Cool. Okay, I like See it. See James Bond in, you know, 
his 30th movie. Yeah. Rivals Regis. Um, one, of, one of the climax scenes that I thought about for mine is that there's basically like a Lockheed Martin style warehouse full of like uh, jets and, and armaments that they're basically pulling stuff out of crates to shoot each other. And at mm-hmm. one point, Bond gets in a jet and basically uses the, the missiles on it to shoot people <laughs> inside the warehouse. You know, nice. this big epic, like there's more weaponry than you could ever have need for. That's happened before. Uh, probably. Yeah. 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 Um, but the thought for the title, given the, the, the overall theme yeah. would be uh, man at arms. Ooh. So James Bond, man at arms. That's uh, a good, they, that's a good yeah. title. And it's, it's got enough of America to it that, uh, it yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. speaks to the plot. Yeah. So, um, all right. So now we're, we're done with the mashup. So we're down to the nitty gritty. We're down to <laughs> the trailer part, which yeah. we're definitely going to fuck up. Like I, I want to preface this, that we're not going to do a great job of this. Oh no, no, no. But it's about having fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. uh, so in just a second, did you want to go first? Or you want to go second? What do you prefer, my friend? Um, usually, uh, well, usually I've done this once before uh, for this. But, uh, <laughs> I, I went first the last time just to kind of like take the bullet and then uh, let the guests kind of get the feel for it before going in. So why don't you go first? Okay, I'll get the rhythm. All right, so I'm gonna go first in just a second. Let me get the music going. Double O Seven, James Bond, secret agent the world has fallen in love with for over 40 years comes back to you to fight America. This summer, Clive Owen is 007, at odds against a senator with a devious plan to get guns in every American hand. Dave Keckner plays Senator Cooper in the pocket of arms manufacturers, poisoning the water to make America even angrier than when the Patriots win. Army Hammer plays CEO of Arms Industries. (laughs) And by his side, Slicey McSwordhands, played by Ryan Reynolds. When there is no hope left for Bond, when in his darkest hour, he faces the most elite force ever assembled by the U.S. military, G.I. Joe, fisticuffs against shipwreck and the crew. Will this be the death of Bond, or will he find camaraderie in this elite squadron of American heroes, only to find out that it's really Destro and Cobra Commander behind it all? James Bond, Man at Arms. All right, so what did you think? (laughs) That shit was awesome. And uh, it all, it could be a cartoon. Well, and... I thought about mashing up James Bond with James Bond Jr., the cartoon from like the 80s or 90s. Do you remember that? I, I, James Bond Jr. I, I don't remember it. Really? I don't it, think it I ever saw it. Had like I, I don't know if I don't remember if they were the actual villains or like the sons of the villains, <laughs> but th- that he went up against and he was just this like fucking asshole little kid that was just really good at at James Bonding apparently. I guess and, I feel like this should be animated. In like a 1980s G.I. Joe style. That'd be so much fun. You know, and like all these people lend their voices, you know. And I'm actually surprised that, uh, and, I'm, and I might be wrong, but I don't believe there's been a James Bond cartoon outside of James Bond Jr. That, yeah, no, I don't think so. That that That's amazing to me. That should be a cartoon at this point. It sh- yeah, it should be. Yeah. So uh, you're ready to do yours? Yeah, yeah. Let's right. get it going. Okay. 007, the greatest spy for Britain's MI6, has been saving the world for 40 years. His identity has been secret for decades. Could he be a Time Lord? Is there a greater truth to his ability to operate for all this time? Meanwhile, an experiment goes wrong at the CERN reactor, opening a Time which unleashes six of his most challenging adversaries. Jaws, Knickknack, Baron Samedi, Oddjob, Mayday, and Xenia on a top. Will he prevail? See this film this summer. James Bond, 
Rivals Redress. Dude. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you clearly had the better trailer, so uh, I think this will definitely be called Rivals Redress uh, when all is said and done well, for this episode. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how we're going to do it from now on. Whoever does the better trailer, their their title is the one that becomes the title for the episode. So, I would just really like to watch a movie where James Bond has to fight a bunch of old fucking henchmen, you know, that that came back through time and all at, you know at once, you know. Oh, like, I would see that movie. He has as to well. defeat six motherfuckers over the course of the movie. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, this was a this was a good time. <laughs> yes, it was. And uh, if, if you had a good time listening to this episode, definitely check out guipodcast.com. We're going to drop the first few on the GUI Podcast stream um, and then eventually go to our own stream after a few episodes. But uh, let us know what you think. Go to guipodcast.com for links to all of, our, all of our social media. We've got a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Uh, let us know what you want to see on future episodes. Also, Groots, you've got um, a little podcast on the network as well. Yeah, yeah. Check out Beautiful Disasters. I mean, in a sense, like we talked about Moonraker earlier, like Beautiful Disasters is all about like checking out like cheesy fucking flicks from years gone by or, you know, even current ones. But, uh, you know, Moonraker in the Bond universe is the perfect fucking movie for beautiful disasters absolutely and, and maybe we'll do it one day you yeah. know who knows but um yeah check us out we're doing um podcasts on the gui network we are also gonna you know break off into our own stream after you know maybe we get 10 episodes in or so and uh you know check out our screenings we've been having uh screenings at uh train Trace brewing in richmond virginia but uh we're gonna continue that as we go so you know keep looking out keeping track of our uh our pages beautiful disasters podcast has their own page if you search beautiful disasters podcast you'll find that on uh, facebook yeah. and uh also the geeks under the influence network page on facebook best way to keep track of events in town we do trivia we do movie nights we have a couple other irons in the fire that we're working on currently and uh yeah it's always a good time so uh definitely let us know what you think of this episode and what you want to see in future ones and uh that's that's about it i'm mike the hobbit bicket and uh life ain't nothing but pitches and money Hell yeah, I'm the Groots. It was fun. GUIPodcast.com. <laughs>